that can't be bought. Diamonds are forever like family and loyalty. Or real rap songs like Cream on my melody. Diamonds are forever like my infinite thought. Like yeah. respect in the hood that can't be bought. Word up. Diamonds. 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 My name is Ian Javier, also known as El Morenito Lindo. The one who got away. Your mother's favorite H2O on the basketball court because I do get buckets. I mean, at least I used to get buckets. Before COVID, but whatever. Or Javier Papi, and I'm joined by my beautiful and intelligent co-host. Hi, everyone. My name is Janet Ramirez, also known as Janet Wennett. Nobody really calls me Janet Wennett, though. I mean, but you know that way on Instagram, I guess. I guess, yeah. And you are now listening to the Human Plans Podcast. The podcast where we time travel. So, man, uh, how are you? How are you doing, Janet? Um, a lot has changed since we last spoke. You know. Um. Yeah, a lot has changed. A lot is always changing. That's the only consistent thing in the world, isn't it? Philosopher Janet. Look at you. <laughs> you are absolutely right. The only consistent thing in life is change. Change. Accept it. Accept it. That's a fact. But, fact. I mean, like, how are you doing? Like... Um, <clears throat> COVID okay. is a thing, but like a lot has popped off with the death of George Floyd and, you know, the civil unrest that is taking place nationwide. Um, how is this all weighing on you? So I haven't really, a lot has been going on, just like almost too much for me to really sit down and like kind of, I want to like sit and write out all of the things I've been thinking and reading and seeing and how, what my role is going to be in, um, like, improving these things. Um, but, yeah, a lot has happened. I attended one of the pro- uh, protests Yeah. before they got, you know, we went to it together. Yeah. Um, before they got violent um, and... I was really happy I went and got to experience that. I feel like my role in in changing the systems that create situations like George Floyd and things like that is a little bit different. And I think that it's so brave for people to go to these protests and to, you know, chant and have their signs. I didn't feel as valuable hmm. in the protests. Um, I think that's beautiful because I think you're hitting at something that a lot of people are feeling uh, in regards to just like, yeah, protests are a great conduit to like bring awareness and make the voice of a cause heard. But if it's just like, that's not what, that's not everyone's strong suit, you know what I'm saying? So... You know, I think finding another avenue where you can still feel like you're working. Yeah, like like I'm still one of the catalysts of know? change. And I think it's extremely necessary to have these protests and to, even if they do get violent, I think that's how America listens. Yeah. So I think they're super necessary. I think they have to keep happening. I think it can't just be for a week that it happens. Yeah. 
I want to see them continue to be ongoing. I do see myself going to others as they continue to happen. Um, but yeah, I do want to make sure that I'm contributing, not just showing up in the protest, but showing up in other ways, whether right. it's speaking to people and my family, speaking to the my small following on Instagram and Twitter, um, whether it's speaking to my friends about how to organize, whether it's donating. There's just so many ways, you know, and we just can't let a week go by and 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 just go back to the way these systems were controlling us. So hopefully hopefully this is right the perfect storm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's definitely been the perfect storm with so many people being unemployed, so many people just being cooped up in the crib. Mm-hmm. Um for people to take the streets, man, like and and really talk about something and using social media and the power and the connectivity that social media brings to really highlight this injustice has been taken on or been going on long before any of us were born. So yeah. uh I think now is like you said, the perfect time, the perfect storm to try to implement some change. Yeah. But um, but uh, it's been there's been a lot of uh, hopeful moments, but mostly, mostly sad. Yeah. Mostly sad and like dreadful and like, th- th- just thinking about that. This is this is life for many people, and it's not a it's not life that the other half understands. Yeah, the majority. Um, yeah. So it's very disheartening, and hopefully, you know. Life is never going to be the same, hopefully, because of COVID. And hopefully life isn't yeah, always... crazy. Is life never... is not going to be the same because of so many things, because of COVID. Hopefully, right? Like, but we're people that are very easy to go back to what we were comfortable with or go to things that we're comfortable. That's a fact. I mean, we're already seeing it with this, with the pandemic having decreased a little bit in places like New York and... Just like other places across America, how they've lessened. Um, and then, you know, people, summer's coming. It's just like, what What was a pandemic? You know, we're very easy to go back to what we were comfortable with. Because so, I'm a hoop, bro. What? Huh? What that mean? I'm a hoop. Oh, you're going to hoop. I thought you said I'm a hoot. Nah, I'm a hoop. Like, but you're absolutely right. Um... We have to. We have to. The new normal is going to be tough to adapt to, man. Um, or we're not going to need to adapt to it, and that's the scary part because we're not going to adapt to this "quote unquote" new normal, and then we're going to be fucked again, fucked with systematic racism, fucked with the police, fucked with education systems being not good for minority people. Fucked with COVID. Fucked with not voting still, like, not having a high voter turnout with my... Okay, I'm being very pessimistic right now. Yeah. But... But, I mean, you're speaking truth, though. Like, you're speaking truth, and... Fucked with the pandemic. Like, it's gonna come back harder, and the people we are so grateful to have here are gonna be at risk again. Right. Um, So... It's all very scary. You know, usually the future is supposed to excite you because you're supposed to be like, 
the 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 unknown is supposed to be so great that it excites you. Um, it can be scary, right? But you you can choose for it to be exciting. Right. But yeah, I guess I just gotta choose for it to be exciting. Mm. I'm having a difficult time with that right mm. now. But um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I feel like. Are you doing well? I'm doing as well as I can according to the circumstances. Um, I have definitely felt what you're feeling uh, in instances since um, the passing of George Floyd. Um, But so, like, I have just, I believe in the power perspective. Um, So I just really have tried my hardest to focus when I've noticed my thoughts becoming really pessimistic, really negative, just really dark, um, and not being very hopeful on the future. Like to just think about like things that things that are great that are happening. Like uh I found myself listening to like Barack Obama's speech to the class of twenty twenty. It was like a ten minute speech and he was just um basically just like putting the battery in 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 the class of twenty twenties back and he was just like yo like I know the world looks really really grim right now but and I didn't graduate this year obviously but I think it was just caught talking to all young people really and saying like yo like I know the world looks really grim right now but you guys are going to be the generation to change it right like you guys are young you guys are full of energy you guys are super intelligent super informed uh you know, acknowledge the sad emotions that this time is bringing, but, you know, know that you guys have the capability of coming up with the answers to, like, this world that we've inherited. And that was just really, you know, powerful for me. Because it was just like, damn, like, this shit is trash right now, but, you know, myself, our our age group, and, you know, the class of 2020, who are, should be a little younger, you know, we got, we have the tools. Um, yeah, definitely. I think, uh, if we remind ourselves consistently enough of that, that, you know, we have, we're equipped, uh, to handle the current state of affairs and future problems that are going to come, um, that we should be Gucci, man. Um, so I keep all, I say all of that to say, like, I'm trying my best to stay positive. That's great. I think that's very important. Um, these are high stress times, but also keeping in mind that we are predisposed to many of the chronic diseases that exist or that take over um, much of America, such as high blood pressure. And one of those factors is stress, um, which is brought on through many different things and generational trauma being one of them. So staying positive is a great way to combat that. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um, so I think pivoting a little bit, let's really get to the essence of this episode. And that is just really taking a walk down memory lane and reminiscing on uh the good old days. <laughs> like uh some old ass niggas <laughs> like older folks be saying. Um, I'm trying my hardest not to say the N-word, y'all. 
pray for me, man. It's tough. It's tough when you have gotten accustomed to saying it so often. But I'm trying. I'm trying. Why are you trying not to say it? Just because, you know, I don't want to... The English vocabulary is so vast, or the English language is so vast, that there's another... I feel like there's enough words uh, for me to use uh, other than that. Like, there are other words that I'm trying to cut off from my vernacular diet. Mm. Like... uh, the word the the slur that they call homosexual people mm. and and the b word and the mm. <laughs> f word and, and the b the word f word but i'm still going to say it sometimes you know what i'm saying cuz it be like that sometimes bro but uh the point is i think having an awareness and uh you know do it be like that sometimes yeah, because who am I doing it for? Am I doing it to appease other people or am I doing it for myself? And I think I want to stay true to the second option, doing it for myself. And I think. So you don't want to not say those words because it offends other people? You want to not say the words because. for yourself? I want to. S- I want to prove to myself that I can. So not because use other words, so, and not be so heavily reliant on those insults and. Those so words. not at all because of the history of those words and. Like instead of saying that's my nigga, that's my that's my brother, you know. But brother has a heavy connotation too. If I'm just saying like that's my brother, that's a heavy, like not everybody's my brother. Not everybody's like. What if this nigga's an acquaintance? All right, but and we're, I feel like we're gonna stay on this a little longer than we need to because I mean, you're, let's stay on it then. Because you're, you're, I don't think you have the right intentions for not using this, not using those words. No, I think my intentions. I, what I didn't even tell you my intentions. My intentions are those words, the words that I listed, like the f word and the b word, are deeply offensive. Uh, so if to that's other people. So you first started off by saying that your intention is to. Expand your vocabulary right. for yourself. Right. And now That's always saying, a goal for me. And now you're saying that your intention is to not say it because it offends people. So which one is it, Ian? They can be both. They're not. <laughs> okay. So there are then multiple you have to truths say, can exist at the same time. So you have to say that it's both. Okay. It's both. I don't want to offend people who but you're find still gonna, those words offensive. But you're and still going to say it. I'm going to pick and choose when I say it wisely. Okay. So you want to continue to use the F word knowing that the yes. the term... I, I didn't say the F word. I meant like the B word and the the word that sounds with, rhymes with tushy. Um, and, 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 and nigga. But like we can have that debate how like the two words N-I-G-G-R and N-I-G-G-A are two different words and how the definition of words and the use of words evolve over time. I understand that there's, like, I don't know. Maybe we should keep that an episode. That should be an episode one day. I mean, it could be, certainly. Um, I just think you're blurring the lines between certain words and and really their, um, right? Like, N-I-G-G-A doesn't have the same negative fixture that N-I-G-G-A. 
E-R does. Of course. And that, and I think N-I-G-G-E-R gets boxed in. We can put that in the same nasty box as calling someone who's a homosexual the F word, which you mentioned. Right. And calling someone... Um, oh, I thought you meant F word by like... Oh, you meant like fuck? Yeah. Oh, I was talking about... I didn't mean about... by like... That's when I... Because backtracking a little bit, I thought you meant like... Oh, I'm gonna continue to say it. Like I try, I don't. I, I try not to say. It. I don't say that word at all. Okay, so then it's uh, different though. Then you're saying like curse words or like negative, like slurs, epithets. Okay, so that's different. I think. I think that cursing, like, I'm gonna curse forever. So then you're I'm, not going to refrain from not saying those no, words. No, I'm going to refrain from saying slurs and epithets that As, are deeply offensive to people. Okay. But okay. I'm going to curse forever. I guess So the, what you have said is has evolved from the beginning of what we started talking about till now. Yeah. So you're I mean, I guess, right? It certainly seems that way. Okay. Yeah. I guess the debate that I'm having is whether that word, N-I-G-G-A is going to like remain a curse word for me that I say openly and fluently and frequently or is it going to leave that realm and and go into like one of those slurs okay that I am trying to not not trying to but like not saying okay so yeah we were definitely not on the same page about the f word because I started saying like things like I was just confused at what to which F word but you, you were mentioned, referring to. Yeah, because you mentioned homosexuals. Right. And then you said F word. So right. I'm so not... I, I got a little confused. I thought you were referring to fuck. Yes. But. So I I was not meaning fuck. You could just say fuck. Right, but, you know. But I think, yeah, so anyways. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the good old days when we couldn't even curse. I was not cursing in high school like um. this. Or I was not cursing... <laughs> I was not cursing like openly, maybe in high school. I was... Yo, so my sister, one of my sisters, is six years older than me, uh-huh. and we went to school in the same like kind of area. When she was in high school, I was kind of like in middle school, and, uh-huh. and I remember when I was young, young, like maybe ten, eleven. She was like sixteen, seventeen. She made me promise her. I think it was maybe younger than that. I may be tripping, but she made me promise her when I was young. She was just like Ian, promise me that you're not gonna curse until you're eighteen. And I was just like, yo, in sixth or seventh grade, I was like, yo, I cannot hold up that promise because I was saying everything. Were you saying it in front of your family too? Like, nah, in front of your hell dad no. I was, and... but like, I was saying it in school, and then my sister didn't learn that I was cursing, and I didn't get comfortable cursing in front of my sister until maybe I was like fifteen, sixteen, and she was just like, yo, what is wrong with you? I thought you, I, <laughs> you made this promise problem. to me, and I was just like, yo, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I see. Um, yeah, no, I still am not comfortable cursing in front of my mom or my sister. Mm. Uh, I can't. Like, it's just weird. I say, like, I'll say, I'll, like, let something small slip, like, dumbass or, like, shit, maybe. Mm. But I will not say, like, this fucking dumbass. <laughs> like, I w- <laughs> Or, like, what the... F-? Or I won't be, like... Like, a lot of times the news is on and, like, Trump comes on the TV and my mom is, like, cursing in Spanish, like, at him. And I I wouldn't, I don't even say bad shit about Trump. 
in front of her like this fucking asshole. Like I don't even say things like that in That's front of so her. That's so sweet yet. that you still haven't like breached that like level. Yeah. Of like disrespect because I be I be doing it. I mean I I think I might have cursed in front of my sister. And I think she pointed it out. She was like, oh. And this was recent. I want to say maybe like within the last year. She's like, oh my gosh, you just cursed. And I hate when people point. Like, I don't like when people point things out like that. Like, I think I told you this. Like, if I'm dancing or something and somebody tries to hype me up, I'm like, yo, just let it be. Just let them on. Let yo, why you got to put the camera on me, bro? Yeah. Come on. I'm cooler right now. Yeah. That's why I also have that issue with Spanish. Like, my mom would be like, oh, you're talking Spanish. And it's like, bro. Yes, I'm grown. Leave me I alone. Let me be. That would have been my response to your sister. Like, yes, I'm an adult. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I curse in front of my niece a lot. And, I, she, and she's, com- yeah, she's comfortable cursing in front of me. And I think that's great. Um, I think I could still consider myself more re- relative to my niece. Mm then and she's in high school so so yeah i feel like i kind of am back in high school when i hang out with her that's a fact i remember like cursing made me feel like an adult which is why i felt like i think i started cursing so early because i wanted to feel grown i was desperate yeah and look at us now grown-ish and wanting not to curse (laughs) (laughs) and wanting not to curse as much but, okay, there was so much more to high school than just learning how to curse. Of course. So much more to college also. And we're going to talk about some of those things. Um, but let's start off by talking about what our high school and college routes were. Um, let's bring back. That's me rolling the tape back. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what, what our choices were like in high school. In regards to just like the schools that we went to, I guess like where were where was your future? Where was your mind on your future at? Right, like, go ahead. Like, all right. So I guess in middle school and in high school, like I knew I was definitely gonna go to college. You know how college wasn't in like the picture for some people. Okay. Like I I knew like freshman year like of high school of high school that I was definitely gonna go to college. Like I knew. Okay. My dad wasn't gonna like not allow you to not. Nah, yeah, you. like college was always gonna be an option, bro. That's so, so nice. Um, privilege. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he went to college. Nigga, fuck, are you talking about? But but high uh, college was not on my radar. Like really? freshman and sophomore year, because my sisters had not gone to college. Mm-hmm. I had thought about like I had known. I guess like how much work goes into college. Yeah. And I didn't know if we had the money to go mm. for me to go to college. And it was just my mom right. and things like that. But I had a, I'll let you go. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I was really, really, my dad was just like, yo, I'm raising a boy. At this time, my sister had already gone away to school. So that was another thing, too. Like, my sister was in school. Okay. So I was just like, I'm not going to be. It's that. not like, yeah, okay. That younger sibling that doesn't go to school. And I wasn't caught up in the streets like that. So... What else were you going to do? Yeah, right? Okay. Uh, and then my dad also put me in programs that were, like, specifically targeting K-12 
kids from low income communities mm-hmm. and like kind of like taking them on college tours, telling them about SAT prep, okay. giving them like taking it like giving courses on like financial literacy and like awesome. You know, at a really really young age. Uh, I mean, what's a young what's a really young age? I would say like maybe not really young age, but like freshman sophomore year of high school. Okay. Um, okay. you know, and like communities that we come from, like in our communities, like where you grew up in Burnside, me growing up in the Heights, like you don't see a lot of that. Um, so definitely not. Uh, my dad kind of knew being like it was just me and him in the crib. He was just like, "Yo, you gonna stay busy either with sports or like extracurriculars and this program that I was doing on the side because okay. I'm not." What was it called? It was called Liberty Leeds. Ah. Okay. Um, it was at Bank Street College, and it was just like I had some. It was dope, bro. It was like every Saturday we had to go pull up there at like eight in the morning. They gave us, and we left at like two or three in the afternoon. But we would have like they would have like a speakers. It was really really cool. That's um, awesome. So yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of like I was juggling that in the midst of like being in school and high school. But then I also wanted to always be active. So like I played basketball. I was on the debate team for a little bit. I was on the chess team. This was all in high school. This was all in high school. That's a um, lot. Because I knew, like, I was a jock, right? Like, I was a kinesthetic learner. Like, I was always involved in sports. Mm-hmm. That was my thing. But, like, in the back of my mind, I was always just like, yo, I don't want to... Like, jocks are have the the stigma of being dumb. Yeah. So I was just like, nah, I can't be that. I got to do smart. Like, what are the smart niggas doing? Like, oh, they in the debate team? I'm doing debate. Oh, okay. they in the chess team? I'm doing chess. <laughs> On top of doing, like, basketball and soccer and and, and baseball and shit. That's so, so nice. You constantly fought the stereotype. Of yeah, try to not perpetuate as many stereotypes as possible. That's dope. Um, so my first two years were definitely not as... I was not involved like you were. I went to an all-girls Catholic high school, St. Catherine Academy in the Bronx. Um, privilege. You got the audacity to talk about privilege. You went to a paid high school experience? Went to a public school, my dear. And you have much Come more on, privilege than I do because I only went to that private Catholic high school because I was in a student sponsorship program called student Spon- SSP, Student Sponsorship Program, where I had someone pay for most, if not all, of my tuition. So I went because I was low income, because I was a family of a single single parent, single mom, and I had this white woman with a husband and two daughters pay for my high school education, sir. Respect. All right, so it's not privilege. I literally got in because I was not privileged. (laughs) Um, And so the school that I was set to go to is St. Catherine Academy. They let you, they tell you basically to like pick three schools. And one one of those three schools, you don't get to choose which one you end up going to. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going to St. Catherine Academy. Question, do you know the woman... That paid for, like, your yeah. high school? Like, are you still cool with her? Yes. Like, her name is Susan. Anne Frank. Anne Frank? Yeah, I'm not going like, to say her last name just for, like, uh, her privacy purposes. I guess, yeah. Respect. But, um, yeah, she was really nice. And it, it, uh, we would have these 
dates. Like, we would meet up, and we we were kind of, like, not forced, but it was part of the program for yeah. us to, like, have meetups and, like, have lunch and her take me out to That's dinner. Sweet. That's and sweet. the SSP program also threw, like, events in which there were other sponsors and their mentees or sponsees there. So, um, so yeah, I, I was with her for most of... Um, for most of my high school, and and it was actually her who got the idea of college in my mind, wow. because I was telling her, I think it was maybe my sophomore year, I was like, yeah, I don't know if college is for me. I know the workload is really hard, um, and she was like, no, you're going to college, and I was like, what, really? And like, I had no idea how to do anything, but she had two daughters. Her husband was a doctor. She was in finance. And so she had all of the tools right. uh, to, like, f- make me feel confident about going to college. Um, so, yeah, so she helped me a lot. She helped me with applying, uh, with, like, the SATs. She, if, any, if I had any questions, she was there to help. Nice. Um, if my mom had any questions, she was there to help. And then my school was really good at just, like, the, the advisors helping us along the going to college route. So, yeah, I was very fortunate. They were fortunate. definitely pushing you out to go to college. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Because a lot of schools don't push. Yeah, especially especially uh, Catholic. I think they definitely pride themselves on the college to, the high school to college route. Statistics um, route. Statistics of that route. Right. So, yeah, it was pretty great. Um, it was pretty cool in that sense. I was just chilling with my friends, honestly. I didn't do many, like, like involvement things in my school. I definitely tried out for every single sports team. <laughs> <laughs> did you make it? I'm telling you, I was not involved in the school. So. <laughs> I should have got that. I should have caught the glint. So the I was not. I so I tried out for cheerleading. <laughs> I tried out for. Wait, wait, wait. So you were just? Did you work? Did you do anything? I worked. Outside? Okay. I worked. Yes. Thank so when did you get your first job? So I got my first job. Maybe. I was 14 when I started working, so all throughout high school, I was working. I did, like, summer youth when I was, like, 14. And then I was working all throughout high school. So, yeah, I did work. It's not like I just went home and just chilled with my friends. But, yeah, most of— You did during the school year? You wasn't working during the school year? I was. I was. Yeah. That's cool. I worked after school, and then I worked on the weekends. That's diff. Um, So— I was not doing that shit. Yeah, because you were involved in a bunch of other things. Yeah, but in the summer, I was definitely working. I remember I had my first, like, I got my working papers— um, I think it was the summer going into my sophomore year. Yeah, and I was just like, "Yeah, I need. I got a job. I got a summer. I got a summer youth employment job." Yeah, I wonder. Okay, so wait, when you're in freshman year, how old are you? You're like fourteen. Fourteen. Some people fifteen. Fifteen. I mean, no, fourteen for most. Yeah, fourteen for most. Fifteen. Some motherfuckers with late birthdays of. Early I had a late birthday, so what was I, like 14? You were 14. So, do, and you get your working papers at 15, right? You can. You can get them at 14 and 15. So, I think as soon as I got my working papers, I was working, like, part-time. Same. All, all the time. Same. Um, no, well, you no, said not same. no, no, not I meant, same. like, same, like, at 14, I had my working papers. <laughs> you a liar. Um, I don't lie. I confess. I'm the one who turned the orange vest to a dress, though. Got a dress to All right, that's up. enough. That's enough. So, <laughs> so yeah, I was she working. She with me, what you expect? I live to be fly to death. Shut up. It's the Birdman Jr. Sincerely, yo. <laughs> Wheezy. Back when he was nice. I'm sorry. Continue. Not here to listen to your rap. 
I don't even know what I was saying. So, uh, yeah, that was my high school. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about jobs. And then I guess we were going to transition to like, you know, how when did you go to your first party? Did you go to your first party in high school? I don't know when my first things were very much of them. Um, I was... I okay. I remember I was graduating from middle school. I had a lot of friends that were like uh, nearby in the yeah. in the community, and I think when I was graduating middle school, there was like a graduation party that some of my friends threw. Un coro. I still actually know. I still I'm still in contact, not in contact, but you know, Instagram, social media with many of the people who were in these parties. So that's really sweet. Um, but my friend Roselle at the time mm-hmm. was throwing like a graduation party like up the block on Creston. And Sounds like a dangerous street. I ain't there. Gonna hold you. It was our neighborhood, so it's whatever. <laughs> you be t- first you telling me I have privilege, and now you telling me it sounds like a dangerous block. So what is your perception of me? Am I privileged or am I from the hood? I mean... All right, then. So, at the party, was up the block on Creston, and my mom was like, I was like, what time should I get home? She's like, 12. I'm like, 12? Midnight? In middle school? To be, like, home? Yo, what? I was, like, up the block, though. Like, I was very much walking distance, and I she knew who I was with, and, like, it's not like the party was unchaperoned, like... Uh, I think his mom was there. Like, it was a graduation party, you know? So, whatever. I'm, like, 14, 15, go to a graduation party, come back before curfew, you know? So, she had confidence in me. She trusted me. Um, And so, yeah, after that, I was kind of, like, good to go as long as she knew where I was and who I was with. So, I'm not saying I was going to many parties freshman year, though. I wouldn't say that. Um but yeah, it was definitely free. I had a lot of my freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the ability. I was also working. So it's kind of like I had a good amount of independence at a young age. That's fine. So much by the time that I went to college, I was like, I don't want to keep doing this. Like, this is, <laughs> y'all doing this now? Like, I was doing this in high school. So I'm not really trying to do that now. Oh, my God. I'm trying to just chill now. Um, my shit was different. I had an older girlfriend. My freshman and sophomore year. Okay. So, like, I was predisposed to, like, a lot. Is predisposed the right word? I don't know, I guess. Okay. Um, you were maybe. exposed early to a lot of things. Whatever. Uh, I was exposed to a lot, I guess, at freshman, freshman, sophomore year, high school. With having an older girlfriend. I used to chill with older people. Um. So, yeah, like, I... I was around weed. I was around, like, coming home late. Uh, I remember I went to my first, like, but I also went to, like, a predominantly, like, white high school. So, like, mm-hmm. and it was deep from my house. Like, it was in the Lower East Side. So, I used to use, like, the fact that it was deep, like, to just chill and be around the block in school, go mm-hmm. to a friend's house. Um, on a Friday, especially, mm-hmm. when we got out dumb early. Mm-hmm. We used to get out at 2. Mm-hmm. And I used to get home like at like nine, ten on a Friday, freshman sophomore year, like just... nine ten p.m. Yeah, but I was out in the streets all day because we got out of class at two. Oh, okay. So I guess just... party. I think it was on one seven third. 
<laughs> and that shit was a fucking box. That little apartment was a box, and we couldn't even get up in there. And it was just some static going on outside. But it was fun, though. Like, my sister went with me just to make sure it was Oh, cool. that's nice. That's good. Yeah, I didn't really have anybody to keep watch over. She was me. just like, "Nah, you're not gonna be a little hood booger." Yeah, but um, jokes on her. Yeah, things changed a lot for me. Like junior, I think sophomore year. Yeah. Um, I was friends. Obviously, I had girlfriends in high school, but my friend group changed often. Not changed often, but I think from year to year. Um, maybe I had some friends that like stood consistently. Um, but I think who I was, who I confided in most changed. Um, and I think from year to year, from year to year, that makes sense, right? Because you get like new class or like a new home every year. Touche, touche. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's very true. That's very typical in high school. That plays a big part in it. Um, I don't know. I feel like that plays a large role into my friendships now and why Mm. I, hold the friends that I have so dear because, like, there's that uh, consistency with them, and I love that. Yeah. And I didn't like that inconsistency with my friends in high school. Um, And just, like, people changing or finding something to switch up on you for or just, you know, high school. High school shit, you know. All girls' school. That's a Everyone was really nice. More. It wasn't like sour or anything. Like there weren't like d- big fights and stuff, but it was definitely like, oh, you different now. Like mm. I see. Okay, gonna stay away from you. I used to like Catholic school chicks. I'm so sorry. I had to pivot, but I mean, who didn't? <laughs> nah, like I heard about Aquinas and the other chicks. I was just like, I see. You remember that Aquinas video that that came out? It wasn't Aqu- Aquinas. It was Monsignor Ursula. Whatever, was Ursula like was another one. I was just like, yo, I need to get me a Catholic school, John. They them freaks. like a pornography. They super freak. Yeah, I think the Catholic schools definitely knew about that because, like, I of course they knew about that. But they knew that they had that, like, mindset of other people to, uh, and kind of like girls maybe were taking advantage of that. But anyways, what I'm getting to is that we had to wear uniform, right? Mm. And, you know, those little Catholic school Catholic school girl skirts are like what turns people's eyes. So yeah. we were only so we were only allowed to wear those when it was like springtime. Like maybe for like the first month or two. That's when it mattered, man. That's when it was nice. For the first month or two <laughs> and then towards the last two or three months. And there was like Stop! Like we for sure had to wear white tights with them. Mm. It couldn't be like you didn't have tights on. You had to have tights on, um, and they had to be a certain length. That was true. You know, there's like that. That's true. Us niggas didn't give a fuck about that shit. We saw, yeah, you know, what a Catholic girls at mm. Ursula. Catcall, you was catcalling. Don't. Oh, I was not, but I, you know, I peep. Oh, she look alright. Yeah, but you wasn't doing nothing. No, nah, I never got into that bad habit. I got a lot of sisters, man. That shit is corny. And very uncomfortable also. Yeah, I never picked up. Even when I I guess tried to cat call, like run down on a girl, like, hey, what's up, girl? How you doing? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. It never worked for me. So hmm. I was just like hmm. I will say I did meet a couple of people on the bus, you know, like I did meet some people, uh <laughs> <laughs> trying to speak game while you were in uniform. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. But 
nothing that came to any fruition. Uh, so they're not worth it. <laughs> uh, it's not worth it to do it. They make somebody uncomfortable. I and guess, it's not yeah. worth it to, I think, like, uh, kind of give in to that. Uh, so, yeah. What else is there? I mean, how were the last couple of years, I mean, two years of high school, like, what was your, like, senior year like? You know how, like, some high schools really take a lot of pride and, like, My so... senior, okay, yeah, like, traditions and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. My senior year... Did uh, I get, like, a hoodie? Some yeah, schools so... get, like, hats and shit that only the seniors could wear. So we got these cardigans. All the seniors uh, wore these blue and white, like varsity cardigans that were really nice. They were knitted. They had like the SCA, like the varsity letters down the side. And like some people would get their names like scripted and like em- engraved, not engraved, like embroidered onto their sweater, onto their sweaters. But that was like the senior symbol, like the blue and white. It was mostly white and blue um, senior sweaters. So yeah, that was very fire. That was it. We also got like senior hoodies. I still have mine. We used to wear like uniform for gym. Also, like we had to change into these sweatpants and the t-shirts. So we would have like dress down days where you could wear your senior hoodie and you could wear your gym uniform or sweatpants, whatever it was you wanted to wear. Cool. Um, or you could wear it with jeans and stuff. I used to be so envious because uh, you know I went to a public school, so we didn't have that. Mm. Um, my school was broke, so. I had friends, excuse me, that went to Hayes and like, uh, oh yeah, you know, uh, what's the other one? Ohio, mm-hmm. Spelman, and you know they had to, they got like the little bucket hats and the little uh, cardigans, yeah. and then I was over here like a little brokey, like. Did you get a senior hoodie or no, something? No, we ain't get none of that shit, bro. You didn't get anything, no, anything to commemorate your senior year. We also got a yearbook. <laughs> no. I mean, but also like we had to buy those things ourselves. Exactly. Like I was we not have to paying that extra chicken. Uh, we had to buy those cardigans ourselves. The bucket hats. I think they had to buy them. Like the senior sweaters, you definitely had to buy them. We had to also pay for those hoodies. So it's not like the school was buying them for and like giving them away to us. Yeah. Um, one cool tradition that our school had too is like on your birthday, you could decorate your locker. Not you yourself, but most of the time <laughs> it was your friends that would like come in earlier than you for school and they would decorate your locker and like people would That's sign it. It was really nice. People really did that? Yes. It was so cool. That's sweet, but that's mad work. I'm not going to come in early on your birthday to come and decorate your locker, but... All right, well, we see what kind of friend you are. <laughs> that's a tragedy. I can't believe you. You're just showing your colors on here today. I mean, I'm being honest. I'm being authentic. Damn. You know what I mean? Um, so you wouldn't pull up to school earlier to like put a balloon on my shirt? Not my school. My like... school was an f- hour away. First period is at seven fucking... 8.15. It don't matter. You could do it during lunch. If look, I had to leave my house at 6.45 just to decorate your locker? You could do. You could have done it during lunch then. You could have did it the day before. Right, that's different. At the that's end different. of the day. You said coming in early before class, man. You, you could have did it at the day before at the end of the day. That's different, yes. Oh, you see that's now? Different. Now because it's more convenient for you. Yeah. All right, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> you mad. I mean, okay, so... Like go, let's go into our colleges a little bit then. Um, I stayed in the city, uh, went to a community college, then finished at a four year here in Harlem. Mm-hmm. I spoke pretty in depth about that. Um, but like, what were your like study habits like? Like, what was 
I don't know. What was your first year, two years of college like? That adaptation phase that a lot of college students. I did horrible my freshman year. I did not that great. I think I got like a one point five, like a one point two maybe. No, you did pretty horrible. GPA the first semester because in high school did do you even study like I I don't think I really like studied like for a test or anything like that. Like maybe I looked okay. See, (laughs) I'm so sorry. That's that's because you were super involved. You was very disciplined. You had things to do. You had like a schedule. You was always busy. Nah, it's not even that. It's just like the classes were hard, bro. Okay. Like I wasn't like, oh, I could just go in and fake the funk and pass this shit because of my mm. smarts. I had to really study in high school. Mm. I guess I think that's one thing that I value about my high school because it taught me like, yo, you gotta can't just fake the funk. You like gotta the work really, is. Is some of it is in here, but most of it is on your own. Yeah, and that's not what I learned in high school. I learned that most of, um, I mean, I was able to do most of the work in high school and then do homework and mm-hmm. things like that, and that would be enough for me when I was taking the test or anything like that. Um, I mean, I don't think I did like. All right, I need to study right now, or I definitely wrote papers and. Um, looked over my notes or like read and things like that. But the discipline that you need to uh, do college work was not there for me. Right. So because so I- much of college, not to cut you off, sorry, uh, is like, I felt like you had to teach yourself. Like, you know, the the lecture class would happen, the professor would come and talk and it's just like, okay, now you have to go home and review the slides and take your own notes. And it's just like, my the fuck am I paying tuition for? Like, if the professor's not going to make a concerted effort to, like, m- make sure that I understand this shit. Like, I'm teaching myself this shit. Um, yeah, I feel like That shit was, got me tight. I hated I mean, that shit about college. But, like, that's what where they go wrong, I think. In high school, they do that hand-holding that they don't do in college. I mean, at least when we were in high school. Maybe it's different now. I hope it's different now. I, th- I think it might be. I don't actually... Mm. I mean, especially with this online learning, it's for sure that, like, you have to do it by yourself or you're going to Oh, fail. yeah. Now it's the but, um, out of force. Yeah. So, it was definitely uh, a lot of hand-holding in high school. And then in college, it was like, no, like, you're in class for two hours a week. And that's not enough for you to come back next week and take, like, a pop quiz or something like that. And take, like, a quiz. Um yeah, or and like you had to do the you had to do the pre work, the pre class work. You had to do that so you knew what was going on in class. Facts. You got you you can't show up in class and be like, oh, that's what you're te- that's what you're teaching. It's like no, you you didn't know I was teaching this. Like yeah. you need to know that I was gonna teach this. Um, I think that's one of the biggest difference between high school and college. Yeah, that you just pointed out. Like um, in high school, you go into class, you sit down. This is what we're learning today. Right. In college, you're they're like. Okay, you guys learned this, so... Check the syllabus. Uh, you guys should already know, because yeah. we'll be learning week five. You should already know, because it's yeah. coming up. Um, exactly. Did you know, like, going into your co- into Albany, that like, what you wanted to study? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't even think I mentioned... I, I reset that. But, yeah, I went to SUNY Albany. Um, I got accepted to a, a few different schools in high school. Um to go to college. Yeah. My runner-up was, like, Concordia College here in in the Bronx. It's in Bronxville. Um, and 
the the recruiter was super nice, but it's a, it was a I think a private school that you had to pay out of pocket for. So I had to pay a lot of money for that to be able to go. Um so yeah, the affordable one and the and I also wanted to go away. So the best option was SUNY Albany. Nice. Um so that's where I ended up going. I majored in public health. Uh that's what I chose my first year and I stood with that. I went into my first public health class like um the teacher was like what is public health? It was a oh, you know what? Now that I'm actually thinking about it, that was my first male black teacher. That was my Your first, first semester of college. Yeah. That's dope. Was my first semester? Yeah, it was my first semester. I forgot about that actually. He was like what is public health? And everybody's like this is like, you know, you got to read before you go, they send you the syllabus like a couple weeks before you start class. You got to kind of know what the first question is going to be like. So he came to class. He's like, what is public health? I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I have no idea because I didn't look, <laughs> I read that shit. I didn't look at anything. So he, people are giving different answers and he's like taking them and he's going on. And then he's like, public health is everything. Everything is public health. And I was like, like. I was like, this is great. This is great. This is so good. Like, public health is literally everything in your life. Like, yeah. g- the going to the bathroom is public health. Where we are right now is public health. The fact that we can live in a safe apartment is public health. Right. Like, every th- so, you know, and then this goes into... I'm not, I'm not going to drag this on. But then this goes into, like, why it's so important and why we need to put more attention. Like, we would could have gone through this pandemic a lot better if we had invested so much more into something that is everything of our lives. Mm. But I digress. <laughs> so your question was... But your point is, you you knew when, when you started college, all right, this is the field of study that I want to focus on. Yeah, it was broad enough in the field that I wanted to do that I felt like I could learn a little bit of everything. I could I could dip my toes in in, in all the parts. That's fire. That I was interested in. That's fire. That's not I, I wouldn't say that's normal for a lot of people. At least that wasn't normal for me in particular to my experience. I, I definitely don't think it's normal for a lot of people. I agree. Yeah. Um and I encourage that like exploratory phase as you went through. Yeah, but Well what did you go through? I mean, my shit at at this community college that I went to, it was just like, I was just really trying to fulfill all my general gen eds. So like that, but I had a kind of an idea as to like what I didn't want to do. That's how I was able to figure out what I did want to do. Okay, that's important. Like I don't like math, so I'm not going to be a math major. I kind of like science, but I'm not going to be a bio major because I got a friend that is a bio major and she hates her life because she got no free time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I was just like, what are my strengths? It, it just required a lot of introspection. So I was just like, I do maybe one day see myself owning a business. So let me go into like business management and economics. So I started okay. taking some business courses, some like macroeconomics, microeconomics, uh, but that shit was mad math. So I was like, nah, it's a dub. And that's kind of like when I started even doing a little bit more introspection and kind of asking myself, okay, what do you... That's when I started getting into my writer's bag. Mm. So I was just like, okay, English is something that, like, I love words. Uh, creative writing is cool. And at this time, I transferred um, to City College. So I was just like... I kind of was just like, all right, let me do English, let me double major in English and uh, marketing and public relations. 
so I ended up okay. staying with that. Those two double majors. So you figured out what you wanted to do by figuring out your weaknesses. For sure. So what were your study habits, studying habits like then? My study habits were... I needed to, like, always be... I, I work well with people. So I retain information a little faster than just me, like, re- repeating and, like, bashing my head over reading the same shit over and over. And I don't do well with, like, formulas, which is why I did bad at economics. So when I became a writing or English major mm-hmm. with, like, a focus in creative writing and then public relations and marketing... It was very like social. It was mm. just like okay, let's exce- let's understand these concepts and let's talk about them. Okay, uh, and then you know, talking was a something I truly enjoyed. So, you know, when we were studying for an exam, like we would go to the library. Um, okay, it was really seamless almost because it seemed like everyone else who was in those majors kind of thought the same way. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we were just like, yeah, bro, let's get into the study group and let's body this exam and. Um, Huh. That's how kind of like it was for me. But then there were also times where like I needed to f- write a paper individually. Okay. Which was like another one of my strong suits because my high school kind of put a lot of emphasis on the humanities. Okay. With like reading and creating an outline. So it was just like that was fine doing that okay. alone. But Okay. Yeah, I wonder if that would have helped me more. Um, being more like of a social... Yeah, being more of a social kind of learner. I feel like I was trying to like maybe like memorize things and like kind of bash them into my head but like there was one class statistics that I didn't do well on I had to take it like three times to get the grade that I needed for my degree um and so when I started to learn with a tutor I did better Mm. I did way better I think but the dynamic between me going to a community school and you going to like an away college I think is a little different too because like, motherfuckers in a community school are just like, yo, it's all of us. Like, we, I see you, like, I don't see you that often. Okay. Whereas, like, over there, you guys have more distractions. Okay. And. I see. Yeah. I, but that's, I, no, I yeah, that, true. you're right. You're right. Like, when we were in class, the class setting was not your friends. Like, those weren't your, those weren't your peers. Yeah. Those were just people you were in class with, and you said like hi and bye, and like yeah. the library and things. Your friends were—I mean, my friends were who I ended up like going to the library with, and I didn't always have the same classes as right. them. Um, so yeah, that's true. That's a good good point out. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I noticed that. Um, yeah, as part of being away from school, there comes a lot of. I mean, as part of being away from home, there's a lot of. Things that I had to adjust, like my living situation, I had a roommate, Hmm. Um, which um, for the most part, you know, you can kind of just live your own life with a roommate, but there are times where you have to like sleep together. And so like, like in the same room, like every night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those dorms. Yeah. So like, for example, I'm not good with sleeping with people who snore. So that's something that I had to, like, kind of figure out or, like, communicate. Your roommate was snoring hella? Sometimes. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. It wasn't oh. OD. <laughs> it wasn't OD. And also, like, I had to be understanding because, like, sometimes she would be sick and that's when she would snore. Um. Um, or, like, sometimes another roommate that I had had to do 
her hair and uh, I guess like be up kind of late. Um, I don't mind sleeping through that. But there were, what I'm trying to say is there were many adjustments. Of course. One of them was eating habits. Like mm. um, the dining hall was open for the most part. Shh. And fr- and like not free, but like you had a meal card that would let you into the dining hall. And y'all could get whatever buffet style, whatever y'all want. Buffet style. Bro. Everything. I used to love visiting my friends upstate because them niggas was eating good. And I was over here in the city pasando <laughs> hambre. Because at my school, you had to pay. Yeah. Like, everything. they didn't give you no fucking meal card. It was just unless like, yeah, bro. you paid for a meal plan. Unless you paid for, for a meal plan. Yeah, but, but I was like a commuter student, yeah. so I wasn't doing that. Yeah. So... Talk about your little privilege experience eating good, <laughs> eating swell. Well, like the good, the food didn't taste good. That's the shit. Like it didn't taste good. It's not like, wow, this got flavor. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it wasn't like gourmet rice shit. Is but so good. It was just like you had to do with what you had. Yeah. So it wasn't that privileged, honestly. It, it lacked a lot of salt. It lacked a lot of seasoning. <laughs> like it, it wasn't the most edible all the time. Um, Did you get the freshman 15? I definitely got the freshman 15. I got the, like, the freshman and sophomore, like, 30. <laughs> Maybe, like, 30, 40. But I liked it. But looking back at pictures, I'm like, damn, my face looks so fat. Oh, man. Like, my cheeks were so full. My face was so round. Um, I didn't hate my body. I had the little, the little bubble. <laughs> <laughs> So I really liked that. I went to a lot of good places um, for the most part. But, yeah, I think after that, uh, after when we moved off campus, everything was, it was, it, I was starving like you. I was a commuter, basically. <laughs> so. Yeah, man, it was tough. Having was to tough. cook for yourself and buy food for yourself. I was always groceries. buying out. My dad didn't really cook like that when we were in, I was in high school. So uh-huh. I was already accustomed to eating out. Uh, so during college, I was just like, I ain't cooking shit. So I don't you cook eat? shit now, bro. Like, <laughs> go so, outside with it. So what'd you eat? What I ate a lot from? of... So when I was in City College, I I don't really want to talk about my experience in my first school. My So like when I was in City College, I was hooping. So, and that's when I was playing around being vegan. So I was just eating a lot of carbs. A lot of like bread, a lot of pasta, hmm. a lot of black beans, red beans, a lot of like, yeah, a lot of carbs. Sounds because funny. I was burning a lot of energy playing basketball, so huh. I needed that energy. Um, Interesting. It's not a good diet. It's not, but like when you're burning it off, I guess your body needs energy. So and carbs are, I guess. But, like, when I wasn't playing basketball, I was, you know, kind of just, I've always been pretty mindful of what I was eating because I saw, like, what the health mm. in the middle of high school, I mean, college. And I was just like, nah, I can't eat like that. So, uh, yeah. regular degla. I was just had, like, a regular diet for the most part where I was just eating it. My sister used to call me the incinerator. She still does sometimes. Like, My thing is like, okay. everything, bro. My thing is like, okay, you're, if you're, like, how do you eat a lot if you buy out food? Like, where do you buy food 
do you save the food to eat the rest of it later? Like, no. do you do buy from like Spanish restaurants mostly? I buy Spanish food, Chinese food, uh, sandwiches. Like, I mean, I grew up on delis to be honest. Okay. Like getting sandwiches, getting like okay things from the delis. Wraps. Okay. All right, makes sense. Salads. Chopped right. um, cheeses. That makes a lot of sense. But then also pasta and carbs and shit was all that. It was easy to make too, like. So, my eating habits were pretty regular. All right. Okay, so how about parties? I talked a little bit about my parties, party life and stuff in high school. Parties. What are parties like for commuters? There's non-existent, bro. Like they didn't happen. Like I mean, no. School spirit in general for a lot of city schools, I feel like, is not on the same level as schools away mm-hmm. um, because you know people are juggling jobs people are juggling families like mm. uh, it's just the demographic is different um, but like my school I remember they had like Caribbean night okay. and, like you know the Jamaican population of the school they would all pop out mm-hmm. that shit would be lit it would happen in the gym okay um, they had like typical night and that was fun I went a couple times but, like, mostly for me, like, I would just go away because all my friends, all my closest friends went away to, like, Syracuse, Albany. So you would spend your weekends visiting other schools? Yeah, so, like, when I had a break, okay. I would go up and, like, hopefully, like, that weekend upstate would be popping. Okay. Like, I remember going to, like, Rumble in the Jungle in UA and that shit was lit for me because there was... Wild baddies in UA, and I had an excuse to turn up. And wasn't you busy? I was busy. I was in a relationship, but so like that was even more fun. Like I was there with my shorty, going to Rumble and Jungle, getting sauce. Okay, that does make it more fun. But also, (laughs) and it was wild baddies. I gotta still look. Oh, she's fire, but I'm here with my with my girl. Uh, Okay. I was not in a relationship in college. Um, it's tough. It's tough. I was not. Yeah. Um, that's cool. All right. Well, I'm glad parties, you still got to experience some. Like, I did appreciate a little that. Bit that of both. me for sure. Yeah. A little bit of both. Yeah. Because I felt like I didn't, like, at the end of college, I didn't feel like I missed out on anything. Like Nice. Because I was going up to Syracuse. UA, those two were the big ones the most. Okay. Oswego. I visited Syracuse maybe like twice um, when I was in Albany. I went for a Travis Scott concert. And I went for, that was a lot of fun. I think I met maybe more than twice. Um, maybe like three times, four times. They're very different up there. Um, but also the parties are not as successful. In Syracuse, in comparison to UA? In in Syracuse, in comparison to UA. And that's saying a lot because the parties in Albany always used to get shut down. But I feel like I had more endurable party experiences in Albany than I did in Syracuse. But that definitely could be because... that's not even fair. You were partying way more in Albany than you were in Syracuse. I mean, I, I think that the reason is because when I went to Syracuse... Everybody was going to Syracuse. Right. Like I was going during the times that like it was it was mass hysteria up there. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really get to enjoy. I mean, during when when it wasn't crowded, I'm sure it was fun. Which yeah. is the same in Albany because they have they have weekends like homecoming weekend when it's like packed. 
everywhere. Flooded. Any house you go to is getting Flooded. shut down easy because it's PD at, know about that. Yeah, about but everybody's out here. So yeah. But on a regular, regular, regular weekend when people is just chilling, you find that one little house party that's just like super lit. Yeah. I popped out for a few of those, and those was cool. Yeah. Those were the fun ones. <laughs> um, but a lot of great things happened. A lot of uh, maybe... A lot of drunken nights. I guess, yeah. A lot. Of, <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun. Um, I also had... I think my biggest tragedy, I would say, in college, when hmm. uh, my friend Johnny passed away. Same. Um, was that one of your biggest tragedies also? Yeah. When Johnny passed away? That was a big one because we had so many mutual friends, but kind of like in my own like high school experience, one of my close friends, Owen, passed away. Oh, okay. Very, like, th- those two tragedies, incidents were about a year apart. Okay. So they were kind of like back to back. Okay. And uh, it was just really sad. It was about like maybe my sophomore year of college. Yeah, I think that really kind of took our innocence away a little bit. Um, I feel like we were growing up and like fun and like wild and free and and then like reality slapped us in the face when Johnny yeah, passed away. Man. And like situations like that that make you aware of your mortality yeah. at such a young age really kinda like like you said, like wake you up and slap you in your face, like, yo, like life isn't all fun and games. Yeah. Um at least for me, because they, like, um, Owen passed away due to a drug overdose. So, like, that shit was just, like, okay, you know, we were super close. And just having that happen, seeing him, it was just really sad for me. It kind of, like, just yeah. turned me off to yeah experimenting with a lot of things. So It kind of makes you think about, like, First, you you think about like all of the memories, right? Of all course. of the memories that you had with this person. All the good ones. All of the good ones. I don't even know if I had bad ones or even the bad ones I was laughing about because yeah. they didn't even matter <laughs> that much. Like I remember Johnny used to always come to our room and we would start hiding the snacks at one point. Like, like, like our. Because this nigga ate them all. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he would come in specifically, like, where the snacks at? Where the snacks at? You got Oreos? Well, you got chips? You got chips? I'll be like, nah. Nah, I don't got chips. He's like, yeah, you got chips. Give me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> or, like, he would always, like, PC. Like, PC, give me that cold PC. But now I'm thinking about it. I'm just like, but now, like, afterwards, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yo, I don't even care about these snacks. Yeah. Like, just thinking about that and, like, when he would come, I wouldn't even care to, like, give them to him at, right. some, at some point. Like, you know. Um, I think what you now, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're trying to say is just, like, the things that you thought were important at the moment that you were, like, sweating. For sure. In hindsight, you were just like, yo, I cannot believe I was sweating. That yeah. Because, like, here, nigga, here, have the whole bag of chips. Yeah, he, like, it, like, taught me a lot of lessons. Um, Being, like, having him as a friend. I think that... I had a really bad temper, I think, when mm. I went into college. Like, I would let... Short-fused? Li- yeah, I would let little things put my whole being in a bad mood. Damn. I think we went to the campus center one time. I was with Kathy as well, my my best friend Kathy. 
And we were together, and I don't think they had the juice or the soda or whatever it is that I wanted to drink. They didn't have it in the fountain or something. It just wasn't working. And that really pissed me off. Like, that little thing, like, got me so tight and really just, like, kind of just annoyed the shit out of me. Started wilding? No, I didn't. (laughs) I wasn't wilding. I just had a bad attitude, like I said. Mm. Um, I'm not, like, huffing and puffing and stuff, but... Like stomping and throwing shit, but I was like upset, and you could tell I was upset, and I kind of like changed the whole mood of the people around me. I think from like having that attitude, mm-hmm. and I think Johnny was the one that really pointed it out to me, and kind of told me to just like chill, like you know, um, to think of it of a different way, and just like to have a different perspective on it. And I think Kathy also helped with that, like. Um, so that's dope, man. I really wish I would have had more moments like that with O because. Like, we, he was still kind of trying to figure out where he wanted to go to school. And, like, we didn't, I didn't go to college with anybody mm. from high school. So it was just like, um, we would link. He lived in Brooklyn, that's deep. I, not, I wasn't really traveling to another country like that. So, um, mm-hmm. my, my, some of my fondest memories with him were playing basketball and, like, just being in the huddle and him being like, Okay. The only white boy on the course, like knocking mm-hmm. down threes and like just being a cool ass kid. So yeah, I kinda wish I had more experiences like that with him than like like that you had with uh with J five. So Yeah. Um but yeah, that's definitely how he helped me grow. That's um, beautiful. All of these experiences have helped helped us grow, obviously. We're For completely sure. different people. Um, and, and there's just so much, like, we could probably go on for two and a half hours right now. Yeah, and really so, speak in depth about some of, a lot of these experiences, but... But overall, um... Ain't none of y'all don't fuck with us like that. In high school, <laughs> I felt like I was very explorative. Mm-hmm. I feel like something that I took away is... Do what you want. Like, I was very much, like, doing things that I wanted to do. And that's something I still do now. Um, I I try to do things that I want to do. Um, But obviously, there's more responsibility now. And I think that college taught me that responsibility. That balancing act. Yeah, to mix in what you want to do with some of the things that you just have to do. Right. Um, And and some of the realities of, of life. So how about you? Same. 100%. 100%. I think it was being in college, juggling a job, moving out, still figuring out what I wanted to do versus what I had to do and kind of not doing what I wanted to do at the expense of what I need to do and vice versa. Uh, like I said, creating that, finding that balance was huge for me. Uh, and it was... I don't think it was something that I even mastered in college. Like, I think that was something that being a year out of college is still Mm -hmm. something that I'm finding. But I'm still very much fixated on, like, what do I want to do and how can I morph that into what I need to do? Yeah. Um, So that's where I'm at. Um, Okay. In college, I think definitely at least helped present that. Yeah. That's great. So we want to say thank you for listening to us for this long, and we really, really appreciate you. 
That's a fact, y'all. Thank you for staying with us an hour and some change in. Uh, and with that being said, we've reached the part of our podcast, the segment of our podcast called Plug Walk, where we plug small businesses that we want to just give a quick spotlight. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll lead the charge. Uh, my first one is, it's really this Instagram guy called Derek D. Grace. Uh, I fuck with him because he is like one of, I guess one of the descendants of like Nipsey Hussle. Uh, and like, he's big on like black ownership. Uh, he's big on like just black elevation uh mentally physically like owning our own shit uh and he has like a bunch of books that are about like you know 365 routes to supreme being thank god we don't look like what we've been through and just you know being a man of color uh it a lot of i've been reading one of his books and it's just really really empowering because he's like He's just really, really uplifting. Uh, And he's really about it. He doesn't look like the type of, like, he has face tats, long locks, big-ass Cuban link, gold chains. Um, So he doesn't look like somebody who's informed. Um, But he is the definition of informed. And I think uh, there's a lot of gems. I think we have to think about why you think why you would say he looks like somebody who's not informed. Um, Right. Because... I have been conditioned. Yeah. That's an implicit bias. It is an implicit bias. That we should Uh, not address. I mean, that we should address. That we should not continue to... Thank you for catching it. Um, But I think he knows that, which is why... He kind of, and I think he does a really good job from his videos at, you know, running with it. Uh, his Instagram is at Derek, D-E-R-R-I-C-K, Grace, two, T-W-O. Um, he's also big on, like, guns. <laughs> so hopefully you're not offended at, like, he, like, has his daughters with, like, knowing how to, like, change a, the holster of a Glock, which is, you know, kind of crazy for some people like oh my god why does your child know how to like unload a gun but uh i've learned a lot from him so check it out okay and i will plug this girl that i love to follow her name is sunshine and she's an artist and she's a black woman and she has hosted these since the quarantine has started she's hosted these paint and sips on her live in which she would walk us through how to paint a picture and it's really great because um you just grab your tools she has a list of things that that you need to do this painting and you just kind of leave the live running and you walk through it with her you are in the comfort of your home you get whatever you want to drink whether it's orange juice or a bottle of wine um and then you just follow along and she's really sweet to talk to through the live (laughs) yeah you'd be like asking her questions yeah like if you write things she'll like do her best to keep caught up um, like she is checking in, so she does a really good job at at hosting the live. That's dope. And and uh, you know, being interactive with the people that are participating. So she's done a few of them recently. She drew this one piece uh, 
which is so beautiful and the quote that's behind it i love it because it also fits in really well with the theme of the podcast and it says they tried to bury us but they didn't know we were seeds and so that is just uh, and it's a beautiful piece and she also her paintings she will print them on like apparel or different items like she'll print you a canvas and you can hang it up in a frame in your house and things like that so i really love it uh her instagram is art x sun and her name is literally sunshine which is so beautiful her mom named her sunshine that is awesome so she's great so that's a great segue from sunshine <laughs> to our sunshines to go and that was not planned that was not planned um, right, so this is the part of the podcast in which we leave you with a little something nice for you to take on with your time, um, with what you do with your day, and just some kind of something to hold on to until we meet again. And I'll let you start off. What's your sunshine to go, Ian? My sunshine to go is a quote uh, that when we heard it, we didn't. I guess see the importance of it because it is super applicable to what is going on right now with the civil unrest and you know the protests that are taking place against police brutality across the world uh, and the quote is from Colin Kaepernick he said in 2016 and he said I don't understand what's un-American about fighting for liberty and justice for everybody um because he's been, from his pundits, being told, like, yo, kneeling wasn't American. It was disrespecting the flag when it wasn't indeed a army veteran who told him it was more respectful to kneel mm-hmm. during the national anthem. Because he was than, sitting at first. He was sitting at first and he was just like, yo, the, 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 the vet was like, yo, like, sitting is a little disrespectful. Like, bro. I just came back from the war and... I was just fighting for my life and right. for you to sit. But he was just like, kneeling is a kinder gesture because soldiers, they kneel to their fallen brothers and sisters. And it's just like, you know, it's a little bit of a symbol of respect. That's so nice. there's irony in like people thinking. People thinking that his protest was un-American when it was the definition of a, an American protest. Just, I think it's because he's a black man and... They can do no right, maybe, it seems like sometimes. Um, all right. So my sunshine to go is a quote by someone who I am not sure who said this quote. But the quote is, the day the seed is planted is not the day you eat the fruit. So I want to, I wanted to use that sunshine to go because it's very indicative of the time that we are in right now in which... We can't give up. Like, right now we had this week of protests and we had all of this civil unrest going on. And so we can't expect life to change after that one week of protests and things like that. We have to keep the momentum going. We have to stay organized and we have to just be ready to eat the fruit when it's ready because we've planted the seed, but it's not going to be ready for some time. So... That's my sunshine to go, and that's Ian's sunshine to go, (laughs) and yeah.
All right, yeah, so we really want to communicate with y'all. So DM us at, at our IG at Human Plants Pod. Uh, any commentary, things you want Dan and I to talk about, any hateration, any whatever, uh, you know, swing it our way. We definitely want to just stay and open the lines of communication with our following, our listeners, our community. Uh, don't hesitate, please. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for supporting us. And we will meet next time. We'll talk. Bye. Deuces, y'all. They wonder why we bang, because the police do the same. That's the only rival gang. I'm just sitting here praying to my father. Tired of the day, forever scared of tomorrow. Was a-